0: Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the NBA strategy show. Back again, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Two game slate here on a Tuesday. I'm Dave Lockerin at Loppy underscore D on the Twitters. L O U G H Y underscore D. For those of you podcast listeners, uh, you can watch me just tilt Doc Rivers all night anytime the Sixers are on. Joined by Adam Scher at Ship My Money DFS. Uh, coming back from Vegas, a little bit happier, a little bit redder too. Let, let's see that forehead, man. Like, let, let's get a peek at that forehead. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's good stuff.
1: Yeah, got got a little burned.
0: Had a good time though.
1: Yeah, yeah, had a lot of fun. N- nice break from sports. Didn't pay attention to sports at all. So, uh, yeah, that was that was nice.
0: What is your genetic makeup? What what, what, no, what, what uh, is that? what is your what's your heritage? What are you?
1: Uh, German. Most, most countries in Europe, except for Italy. Really.
0: Any, any Irish?
1: yeah irish german scottish polish romanian uh yeah th- i'm i'm pretty sure if it's a country in europe that is not known for their tans i'm from there okay
0: <laughs> yeah me i'm like 75% irish so yeah you got to once you get a base tan you're okay you got to hit the base tan but you just went straight towards like ah let's see what i can do
1: yeah um just kind of happened to forget my face on the one day that i really couldn't afford to forget my face
0: (laughs) but you had a good time
1: yeah yeah a lot of fun i'm kind of torn like do i want to go back in a month or am i good just waiting another five years like i don't know because like it's a lot but it's also fun
0: it's also a lot when you're what are you 33 now
1: 32 yeah you're not old obviously no but I, i can't like when you're there you still want to like act like you're 22 and your body is just like yeah you're not 22 bro
0: no especially in the morning or like trying to do stuff all day while drinking yeah
1: well and it's like everything's spaced out too so like you know you go to a pool party and you're talking like 11 a.m to 6 but then if you're gonna do a nightclub it doesn't open till 10 30 it's open till 4 so it's like you can't even like i mean obviously you can keep it going you can just do stuff in between but like doing like two events is really difficult
0: it is being out in the sun though. I like this Saturday. I'm, we go to my buddies each year for, for Derby Day, have a little party there. We start early afternoon and and go you know until nobody can go any longer. But we're not out in the sun all day, and it's going to be like fifty degrees anyway. So I'm not too worried about it. If I was hanging out in the sun all day and drinking like by a pool, you're not making it too long. There's no, no way.
1: No, and we and to be fair, we only did that. Well, we only did the the out-in-the-sun part one day. Like, we did pool parties every day, but we just got, like, cabanas other than the one day where we kind of just, like, last-minute. We're like, yeah, let's just go. And, uh, yeah, that one that one was pretty painful.
0: Anyway, happy to have you guys with us. Give me a fun (laughs) show here. (laughs) Hit that thumbs up. What's that?
1: Somebody said my nose blends well with the World Series (laughs) pennant.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does. Sure. (laughs) Almost closer to the Taylor numbering and lettering. Right we well, happy to have you guys with us though. Hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. And you know, if you want to hit join down below, we got you covered. You get the free super chats each month, the custom emojis. It's like 299 a month. You don't have to, I do it because I, I like the badge. I like the iced up badge for the year. We'll always prioritize your questions and comments uh along with our premium discord members as well. Yeah, the boy from Cali said, Dave, can we recap your Sixers for a bit? Sure, they're without Joel Embiid. They're they don't have a shot. There's not really the truth is, there's not much to say about it. I have two statements. One, Doc Rivers started DeAndre Jordan, he was minus 12 in the in, in four minutes with two turnovers, and they still had the lead at half because Paul Reed came out, played well, then they went small and mixed it up. Spolster made adjustments. DeAndre Jordan starts the second half again. Uh, And then at one point, Doc Rivers, Adam, I I know you didn't watch this game. At one point, Doc Rivers had Furkan Corkmus and DeAndre Jordan on the court at the exact same time in a seven-point game in the second half. And I'll do you one better. After the game, being his normally defiant self who just decides to shit on the media even when he makes bad decisions. I saw this quote. Yeah. He he basically said, like, DeAndre Jordan's starting next game, too, and we don't care what you think about it. Like, all Right.
1: right. Like he had done well or something.
0: Right. <laughs> Dude, you, honestly, all he does, literally all he does is post up under, and by post up, I don't mean he's actually posting up. I mean, he's just, as Paul Wall would, would use the term post up, like a mailbox, <laughs> right? Uh, in Paul Wall terms, he'd post up under the basket, and if he grabs an alley-oop, he gets an alley-oop, and then they look cool. But that's all he does. He's completely useless everywhere else, man.
1: Yeah, I I saw that quote. I had no idea what had happened in the game, but just based on what Doc Rivers said, I was like, okay, clearly he started DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan played like shit like everyone knew he would, and he just decided to double down and say, I don't care what you think. I don't care if you're right. I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Right. I honestly have never heard him take responsibility for anything.
1: every I mean, the, the response to the question about blowing all the 3-1 leads, he was like, yeah, I need to take responsibility for that, except for, you know, these three things that made it just not my fault.
0: And then he said some shit like, yeah, when we played Detroit, they went on to win the finals, and apparently that's not even true.
1: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. Yeah, know that
0: the, year. the year he was talking about blowing a 3-1 lead to the Pistons, now, of course they didn't win the finals. When's the last time the Pistons won the finals?
1: 4 5
0: Oh, was it? Did they win in oh five? 5
1: when, whenever the Ben Wallace team was.
0: Uh, I can't remember. Either way, I don't know. maybe he's right. Somebody had said that that wasn't true. It's besides the point. Old Glenn just doesn't just doesn't care. Uh, but yeah, Doug, I, I said, man, he, listen, uh, if, if DeAndre Jordan starts, hammered that minus two and a half on the heat in the first quarter. Uh, it would have worked, you know, essentially anytime if you're just going for the game but the first quarter. Yeah, we got that. We got the harden under 42 and a half points, rebounds and assists. A lot of contention on that one, but we ended up being right. And then uh, over bam out of bio, 32 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. We hit that in like the third quarter. So that's good. Check out my uh odd chopper video, player props for the NBA every day. Well, Monday through Friday, and then our boy Aton's covering out on the weekends. I missed on those Mavs threes though. But anyway, let's dive into this. Sean Sha- Dre
1: said uh, players win chips, not coaches. I agree with that, but coaches can lose them.
0: Yeah, that's but like to act to act like coaches have no impact whatsoever when you have Furkan Korkmaz and Jordan on there on the court at the same time in the second round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot easier for coaches to lose games, lose series than it is for them to win them. Yeah,
0: like coaches can't make shots, but they can make decisions to put the best players on the court. And yeah, once again, and,
1: and most but, importantly, it's to just not do stupid shit and screw up.
0: You know, what's amazing, though. This is what blows my mind. Doc made a good second quarter adjustment, and they go into the half with a one-point lead, okay? And then he comes back out and starts DeAndre Jordan in the second half. Right. What? And somebody had said to me on Twitter, yeah, but maybe he's doing it because Paul Reed's going to foul out otherwise against BAM. I don't care. Let him foul out. Right. What, who – what, is that, what does it matter if he fouls out early or late? This is what I've never understood when it comes to a guy like Paul Reed. What difference does it make at this point? The only,
1: does, the only difference it makes is if they're targeting them on defense and it's hurting you defensively. But other than that, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're sitting him on the bench by choice or because you were told you had to.
0: Right. But what I'm saying is, for all you know, he doesn't foul out, right. and then you just wasted him on the bench.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, like I'm, I'm saying if it's like, you know, if you're in the third quarter and he has five fouls, that's different just because you're talking about a prolonged period of time where he's just going to be a defensive liability. But yeah, if you're just saying like, oh, well, he has three fouls now, or oh, he might pick up fouls, like those are all stupid reasons not to uh, have your best players on the floor.
0: The the big run they made was going small without Jordan or Reed on the floor. And then they and then re, and then Jordan ended up still playing 16 minutes. He played he played four minutes in the first half and and and, and 12 in the second. It, it's just it's madness. It's madness. I hope he goes to the Lakers. That would be hilarious. Huh. They're talking about him being a candidate to go coach the Lakers, but but that would be so fitting.
1: Yeah, I had the same thought when I saw that. All
0: right. I I know Reed, I'm going to sneeze. I know Reed had foul trouble, Paul. I'm saying, who cares? Right. Who cares? Start him in the second. He had three fouls. All right. DeAndre Jordan had two. It's just, it's dumb. Whatever. Besides the point. Mavs ended up making some inroads and almost, you know, catching Phoenix, but it was too little too late. Uh, Phoenix, just a better team. Devin Booker looked good. Back to full strength, as so it appears. Milwaukee and Boston, let's talk about this. Milwaukee getting that that win last game, man. And, and that was, I don't want to say it was surprising, obviously, because <laughs> Milwaukee is the, the reigning champs. But no Chris Middleton. Giannis dropped a triple-double in, like, the third quarter. He was outstanding. The biggest thing in that one, though, Boston just could not hit anything from beyond the arc.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for it.
0: All right. Well, you didn't watch. That's right. right.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, then let's talk about what you want to do with Milwaukee today.
1: Um, I mean, more of the same. Like Giannis at 11-4 still looks good. We know it's a tough matchup against Boston, but only a two-game slate. Um, you don't have – obviously, you don't have like a Jokic-type pay option. You don't have an Embiid-type payup option uh, in addition to Giannis. So not much opportunity cost as far as at that top tier. Um should play a lot of minutes, should be a competitive game. So I think Giannis looks great. And then, you know, you've gotten pricing adjusting a bit on guys like Holiday and Portis with Middleton being out. But I do still think that there's some upside there. You got 32 and a half minutes from Portis last game. Uh, We know that Holiday typically in competitive games is going to give you 36 plus and get some increased production without Middleton as well. So I think all three of those guys really stand out for Milwaukee.
0: Giannis is getting almost 40% ownership right now. I, the, the whole, the, the top three owned players on, on this two game slate are from this game on both sides, obviously one from, from Milwaukee, two from Boston, just pulling up the rotate. I wanted to see something from this rotation here. Um, Cause obviously they got the win, but Boston still a good defensive team. And it was still a very low scoring game, 190 total points in this one. You had what? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight-player rotation in this. It looks like because he Budenholzer emptied the bench at the end. Yeah. So it was eight in doesn't... the first half. What's that?
1: It was eight in the first half.
0: Yeah, and really eight in the and, second. And, and half. for the
1: game until the last minute.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Giannis plays thirty-eight. Holiday plays thirty-six. Portis plays thirty-three. Lopez got twenty-eight. West Matthews twenty-nine. Grayson Allen still played twenty-nine, and Pat Connaughton played twenty. And then Javon Carter played 22 minutes in this one as well. When it comes to somebody like Carter and you're just looking at value on a slate like this, where you don't really have a lot of cheap options. You have, you know, Gary Payton, we'll talk about him. Otto Porter in the second game as well. Is there any merit to to trying to get to a little bit of Javon Carter or at least being okay with it when you do, or is there not enough meat on the bone there at at the minutes he's getting? Because he's almost minimum salary?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say trying to get to him certainly wouldn't be how I phrase it. But um if you have a lineup you really like and you need somebody in that price range, then somebody like Javon Carter or Wesley Matthews, sure, like it's probably not going to work out. You're probably not gonna be happy with the result. In the postseason so far, Carter is at 0.62 DraftKings points per minute in 17 minutes per game. Wesley Matthews, we know, is about a half fantasy point per minute guy minutes should be there particularly for Matthews at 3300 but you know again probably 17 to 20 minutes somewhere in there for Carter Uh, so certainly not guys I'm trying to get to I would like to avoid them if I can but if you're talking about in one individual lineup where you just love everything else in your lineup and you need to fill that spot out then sure go for it
0: what about Connaughton and and Grace and Allen Allen's prices I guess it's reasonable I mean it's a much tougher matchup than he had last game against the Bulls who just defensively were were putrid but he is yeah he is still at least someone that's going to get some three-point attempts up his ownership is is particularly low on this slate his price has come down uh from 5200 where it was in that last game against chicago i mean he wasn't he's not going to be a high volume shooter but with middleton out if you still get around 28 to 30 minutes from him what do you think of Grayson allen today
1: So I think that you're overpaying a little bit, but there is still a ceiling there because you have seen increased production without Middleton. but the thing you have to keep in mind is that while he's at 1.1 DraftKings points per minute, a big reason for that increased production is that he's shooting 65% from three, still only has an 185 percent usage rate. He's averaging 27 minutes per game in the four games that he's played without Middleton. So it's not like you're talking about somebody that is being forced into like a substantially larger role in the offense, but you are talking about somebody that's sub five K likely to play around 28 minutes and is at least capable of getting hot from three guys like that. If they're pulling ownership. I'm really not interested at all, but when they are low owned, I don't mind kind of overpaying and and just hoping that he shoots well because we know the upside is there. It's just that you're not going to get it very often. Connaughton, I think is the better value Um, being $900 less expensive. He's averaged 0.89 DraftKings points per minute, about 24 minutes per game in the games without Middleton. So uh, between the two, I think that you're typically just gonna be better off saving money and going Connaughton. But I also expect that to be the consensus.
0: It is interesting, though, that you know, Pat Connaughton was the guy in the regular season when Chris Middleton was out who would play around 30 minutes. And now you're seeing Grace and Allen get around the 30 minute mark, and Connaughton's hovering between 21 and 23. I'm not saying you can't see that change, but in the first series and in the second, in the first game of this series, Connaughton is definitely to some extent actually taking a backseat role in terms of you know, seeing some of those minutes chopped off
1: yeah uh without a doubt and it's not like he's a great point per minute guy anyway um he has been at 0.89 like I said in the games without Middleton but typically you're talking around 0.8 fantasy points per minute um but it's just that the the salary is so cheap that like I'm not super excited to get to Pat Connaughton either but I would rather get to Connaughton than somebody like Wes Matthews or Javon Carter if I can help it and I would rather save the money off of Grayson Allen
0: sure do you think there's anything else worth touching on when it comes to, to Milwaukee today?
1: Not really. I mean, Brooke Lopez is 4,800. It's a two-game slate. He's he's certainly playable. Um, played 28 minutes in game one, was not in the what was going to be the closing lineup. Uh, there you had Portis, Giannis, Matthews, Holiday, and Grayson Allen. No guarantee that that's the case again. But even if he does only get 28 minutes, he can certainly still pay off 4,800. But I think it's pretty much a price tag where um, he's correctly priced, whereas I think guys like Portis, Holiday, and Giannis are more underpriced. And somebody like Connaughton isn't necessarily more underpriced, but he's just cheaper in, in real terms. So he's just opening up more in your lineup than Lopez would.
0: All right, let's talk about the other side of this one. So with Boston, oh, also we have free content on the site today. A lot of it, if you're looking to get in on that action, NBA player projections, free mlb ownership projections are free big slate in the uh, major league baseball tonight pga top golfers tool is free and nhl ownership projections for the postseason tonight are all free uh, if you don't need an account or anything but if you wanted to and decided hey i want to check out all the tools that they have instead of just one day uh getting one free one for each sport go to awesome.com slash join you can do a week a month a year one sport you can do every sport And by every sport, I mean every sport. You're talking PGA, MMA, excuse me, NASCAR, football, baseball, basketball. You have like F1 projections, USFL projections, esports, anything that's out there. If they have contests, we have content for it. All the tools imaginable, top stack, boom, bust, top pitchers tool for baseball, top stacks for baseball, uh, player projections, all of the projected stats, the lineup builder, uh, and a whole lot more. So awesome.com slash join. And like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what your budget is, uh, what your style of play is. You can do it for a week, a month, a year, uh, and really cater it to, to whatever you're most comfortable with. So check it out and be sure to join our discord as well. All right. Boston attempted 51 threes last game. In the four times that they have played the Bucs this season, they've attempted 50, 47, 49, and like 43 threes. The, the, the clear formula for them is just to get up as many threes as possible, and we've seen that against Milwaukee. We've seen many teams try and combat the Milwaukee Bucks this way because they're very good at paint, in the paint defense, particularly with Giannis and Brooke Lopez. I expect to see a lot more of that today. They just didn't shoot well from three last game.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, like you said, even during the regular season, you see teams attack Milwaukee like that, and it's been that way for years. So, like I've seen somebody in chat earlier say that Boston needs to not shoot as many threes this game. I mean, that's what Milwaukee is going to give them, and they're going to obviously need to make them to have some success. But I think that it is likely, like, like you were saying, that they, they shoot better. I mean, it's not like they don't have decent shooting on this team. So, um, I, I think you can expect more of the same.
0: Me too. I think I'm going to be going back to some over props on the three pointers for the Boston Celtics tonight might be throwing that one in the video might be yeah that's definitely a possibility here but let's start with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, second and third highest projected owned players on the slate today Adam.
1: Yeah, I think they're both just pretty cheap given that they're going to play a ton of minutes. You got 40 minutes from Tatum in game one, 38 minutes from Brown, and neither one's particularly expensive. You know, we've seen Jason Tatum uh, play really well this postseason. Milwaukee obviously is a good defensive team, but um, still going to be a huge part of Boston's offense. I think that goes without saying he's at 1.18 DraftKings points per minute, um, 41.4 minutes per game in the postseason overall, 29.7% usage rate, 28% assist percentage, just a very, very high ceiling for Tatum. And then similarly for Brown, you know, he takes a backseat to Jason Tatum typically, but you're getting a $2,100 price drop on DraftKings for Brown. He's averaged 38.5 minutes per game in the postseason, 25.5% usage rate, 18% assist percentage, a fantasy point per minute. Um, both of those guys, I think, look very, very good here.
0: You think Marcus Smart's gonna play?
1: I would assume so, but I also don't know what happened to
0: him. He's dealing with a quad. I mean i I, I think he plays. I, yeah. I definitely think he plays. There are props for him already up. and usually, usually, at least, you don't really see guys with like a full assortment of props here and he does and that yeah even even on pinnacle like you've got marcus smart props across the board so i assume that he's going to be active today i don't know how much of a hindrance it's going to be dealing with this quad he still played 33 minutes in that loss do you think that marcus smart is a viable option here at a mid 6k price point
1: viable sure because two games slate but i do think amongst the boston guys i have less interest in him like when you just compare him to the two guys we already talked about i'm um, clearly a wildly different price tier than jason tatum but i still think that at 9800 tatum is more underpriced than smart is and then with jalen brown like he's more expensive as well but 1500 isn't that difficult to make up i think brown also more underpriced at 7700 and with smart it's just tough because for one he's the type of guy where, in from just from you know talking dfs at 6200 you never really know what you're going to get from him can you know if he gets hot and and knocks down some open threes you're going to get a good game and milwaukee will probably live with marcus smart being the one to take a lot of threes for boston so you do have that upside there but he's also not a consistent shooter you're kind of relying Um, defensive stats and and efficiency and, you know, guys converting his assists and all that. But then you also don't know how banged up he is. There's certainly a chance that he's, quote, unquote, good to go and he's just playing at, you know, 75% or something like that. Um, You know, maybe focusing more on more energy on the defensive end. We
0: lose him. What? Oh, you're back. Focusing more on the defensive end of what? Because you, you, you cut out for a second.
1: Oh, I said, you know, there's a chance that maybe he's just playing, you know, like at 75% and you see him just kind of expending more energy on the defensive end and and not doing as much offensively. Um, so I basically just think that there's a lot of risk, both from a health standpoint and also from a he's Marcus smart standpoint.
0: What about Al Horford? I mean, he was playing huge minutes. Then Williams returns the one game against Brooklyn, uh, a game two, 32 minutes. But he fouled out. He would have played considerably more minutes than that. The next game was 28 minutes. I'm not sure what to think there, but then he played 26 minutes in that closeout game, which was game four, and he literally lost a lot of minutes because he caught his third foul 13 seconds into the second quarter and never returned. And then he ended up playing all but four minutes in the second half. So it's encouraging to see Horford get back to 36 minutes Obviously, Robert Williams is is back and healthy again, but Horford has not been that bad. I mean, he's someone that can contribute kind of across the board, low usage player, decent rebounder, decent passer, can give you a couple of stocks, kind of just gives you a little bit of everything here, which I, I think at 5,800 is perfectly reasonable today.
1: Yeah, I think it's a pretty decent price tag there. He's averaged uh, just shy of 33 minutes per game in the postseason. Um, 0.95 DraftKings points per minute. I expect similar production here. It is encouraging that he played a lot of minutes last game and he has been key in slowing down Giannis in the past. So yeah. I, I do think that it makes sense to expect him to play a lot, assuming that he's not in foul trouble. Um, the one, you know, if you had to point to one thing that was somewhat concerning last game from Horford standpoint. He played 36 and a half minutes, but Robert Williams only played 22 and a half. Um, Grant Williams still got to 28 and a half. So what happens if Robert Williams does play 28 minutes? Does that mean that Horford is back to 28 as well? You know, I, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but I think that's kind of the the risk. But um, assuming he's playing relatively well, I expect that he kind of is going to, you know, a- average out to around 32, 33 minutes here, which makes him look pretty decent at 5,800.
0: Do you want to play Robert Williams would be the the obvious next question. Sub five K. He hasn't played 22 minutes is the most minutes he's played since returning. Of course, he missed the first two games of that Brooklyn series played 16 then 14 and then 22 reasonable to assume he plays around 24 today.
1: I think so. I mean, he could play more too, because the, the kind of the one question I have is he wasn't in Boston's closing lineup last game, but could that just have been a case where the game wasn't competitive? So, you know, like like it was competitive enough that you still had, you know, Tatum and Brown and those guys out there, but could Boston kind of just said like, all right, realistically we're not coming back in this game why have robert williams you know coming back from injury out there for an extra four minutes um whereas if it had been a competitive game you know does he sub in for grant williams at some point does he sub in for al horford at some point point? and you know, maybe even get to 26 minutes in that game so i think projection wise i'm pretty comfortable going a couple minutes higher than 22 but it wouldn't shock me if in a competitive game you got several more minutes
0: anybody else for boston worth discussing uh towards the bottom of this player pool
1: Um, And and so I guess to answer your question, yeah, I do like Robert Williams at 4900 because that's a price tag where even if he does play 24 minutes, he's going to look decent. And there's just – there's a lot of room for upside, a lot of uncertainty there. As far as the value guys go, there's nothing that you're going to be, like, confident in. Grant Williams' minutes have have been good. He's not a good point-per-minute guy. um, But 4K, he's certainly in that, like, Pat Connaughton territory. I think the same can be said for Derek White where – He hasn't played nearly as much in the postseason as I expected. He only played 16 and a half minutes last game. You still have Peyton Pritchard in the rotation as well. So I have no real confidence in Derek White, but he is also only $3,800. If he happened to play well and steal minutes from somebody, you know, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing. So assuming he's very low owned, then I don't mind getting there. If he's getting ownership, I would rather just go somewhere else. All
0: right. One down, one to go. Golden State and Memphis up next. That was a fun game. Last time out, Uh, I know you were in Vegas, probably incoherently inebriated and unfamiliar that basketball was a a sport. No,
1: we had had this one on in the cabana.
0: Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. I don't actually think you were just straight blackout drunk the whole time. No, actually. Did you black out at any point on the trip? No, no. Okay. Did you brown out at any point on the trip?
1: No, um, I mean, there, <laughs> th- no, no, like I didn't, there, there's things where like, I, I know what I did and I know what was going on, but like yeah. things just like run together, but.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Things can get fuzzy, but that's, right. that comes with the territory for sure. What, uh, what were you drinking? Um, like depends. what was your go-to throughout the week?
1: I mean, so at the pool parties, typically vodka mixing in some beer just to slow it down. Uh,
0: vodka. First, what? What? Vodka, what?
1: Vodka, pineapple, vodka, cranberry. Okay. Um, the first night we started with vodka. I ended up doing a decent number on a bottle of champagne. Um, yeah. So it's kind of just mixing that stuff.
0: All right, dude. We start and mix some wine and I guess champagnes, not, but no, like mixing wine and liquor can do people dirty sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I actually I tried. Uh, so after the Gronk party, we went one, me and one of my friends went to get sushi. Um, and I got wine there and it was like my second glass of wine is when it just like, I hit the wall and was like, all right, time, time to go to bed. Um, and then I guess Sunday night we had gone to a pool party and we were talking about going to the nightclub and we were like, well, we'll go to dinner, see how we feel. I ordered wine with dinner and just like halfway through the first glass. I was like, I, I shouldn't have done that. I should have just gone like water or beer or something that wasn't wine.
0: I don't enjoy drinking alcohol with a meal. I, I don't, I, I actually don't even do it. Even when I, I don't. Are... Okay. No, well, i say saying. saying... When, <laughs> you first.
1: When I drink alcohol with a meal, it's, I drink it. And then my meal comes and I don't touch it. I eat my entire meal and then I finish it. Like.
0: Oh, well, that's different. But there are a lot of people that are like sipping in between bites. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, I just Just give me water. I I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll drink water while I'm actually eating.
0: I like drinking as much as the next guy. But there's I just like the beer with the dinner. It never did it for me.
1: No, I've never like eating really slows me down. Like, it's like really important for me to eat when I'm drinking because it slows me down so much. Because, like, I'm not the one, like, taking a bite and then taking another sip of beer and then taking a bite. It's just like, oh, well, I'm not touching alcohol for 30 minutes or whatever.
0: And Chandre says that too much alcohol is not good. Take it easy, Adam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not sure you knew that, but too much alcohol, not good.
1: Yeah, no, I, I did a good job of drinking a lot of water this time, too.
0: Like Good, good. You have to pregame with water. Sounds crazy, right? Like pregame, but you do. You have to, before you drink anything, chug like 80 ounces of water. Not in one shot, but just knock back as much water as you possibly can and set yourself up for a wonderful evening. Yeah. Instead of Chandra telling you not to drink, I'm going to tell you how to drink. All right? Right. Yeah. Well, I
1: I just (laughs) did a good job like when we were out just mixing water in.
0: Yeah. The the real trick just to avoid a hangover is just stop drinking before it's too late in the night. If I go, if I'm drinking past like 10, and I'm not saying hanging past 10, I'm saying if I'm still crushing shots and and knocking them back after 10, the next morning sucks. If I stop drinking at a decent hour and then just carry the buzz throughout the night, I wake up feeling mostly okay these days.
1: Yeah. The only time I actually had a hangover in, vegas was the first night and i think that's because like i'd slept for two hours had like a 5 a.m flight in didn't take a nap or anything uh we went hung out by the pool drank went to the strip club to watch the draft quote unquote um so like it was just a long day and just woke up super hungover but after that it was just pool parties in the afternoon basically was all we did and so I'm crashed by like 10 waking up feeling great the next day and ready to like do it again so that was right nice.
0: and you just you hit some hair of the dog that morning
1: or or didn't like didn't even need it
0: no the morning you were hung over
1: oh oh the morning we were hung over yeah that, i mean that, that one was rough because like we were all dead it was the day of gronk the gronk party so we're like in our cabana just like dead like we don't even want to be here but then our host just started sending up girls and so we started drinking more and we were fine
0: nice so fixes up. I want to get to all of this. I, I just have to hit on two comments real quick. First, Red Skittle said, Loppy saved my life with the liquid IV sliced bottle of water before bed. Yeah, it, it is a good trick. You got to drink water beforehand, too. But if you crush a liquid IV, uh, I prefer the strawberry. And then I'll drink another bottle of water on top of that. And then, you know, you set yourself up nice. But
1: yeah, I, indeed- I've never I've never. Done the liquid IV, like I, I've heard great things. It
0: helps. And I actually, have a sixty-four pack downstairs.
1: The the day I was hung over, um Leslie that worked here was actually staying at my hotel also, and she had liquid IV and was like trying to find me. I told her I was down at the pool, so she's like trying to find me, but I couldn't like describe where at the pool I was. So I ended up not finding her, not <laughs> getting it.
0: <laughs> it helps though. It, it yeah. really does. And this is one thing i'll never understand and, and more power too if you can do it d bill says i always drink a water after each drink to stay hydrated there's no way when i'm in the zone that i can pause for for water after and between ever I, I respect you for it i yeah. just i can't do it
1: no what what happens even if i go in with that mindset where it's just like i'm going to drink a lot of water it's like all right drink water drink water drink 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 oh shit i forgot water like maybe I'll yeah take one and then out.
0: everyone's like all right we're doing a shot you're like right. well i just finished my beer give me five minutes right. let me finish this you can't yeah it's just tough all right uh golden state Men- uh, memphis but first underdog fantasy they just released the 10 million dollar contest adam 10 yeah, million
1: I, that, that was great um a million to first for the regular season winner too nice addition oh is it yeah, so it's, it's 2 That's million. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's 2 million to first, like in the normal tournament, a tournament, million to second, and then a million to like the overall points winner.
0: Highest so, score?
1: Yeah, uh, through through round one. So the great first, idea. whatever, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'm just saying, by regular season, you don't mean like actual regular season. You mean regular fantasy season.
1: Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's through round one of the underdog playoffs, whoever scores the most
0: points. And I think that goes playoffs. through week 14. I think it's week 14. It used to, it would have been week 13 before, but now that you have the 18-week season, right? So yeah, I think it is either way. It's sick. That's a great format. And you got the 25k Tuesday shoot around today. They got great basketball contest too. 5k up top over at underdog fantasy. Just head over there, underdog fantasy.com. Click the link in the description, down below, in the description. And or, or download the app, however you want to do it. Download it in the App Store, Google Play Store. But when you sign up, if you want to double your first deposit up to $100, use that promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. You'll double your first deposit up to $100. Get in on Underdog Fantasy with the NBA playoffs. They have some great, really great stuff going on. And they have prop contests as well. So it's not just, you know, NFL, best ball, but... Dude, I'm getting in some NFL best ball drafts for sure, like very shortly. $10 million prize pool, lots of millions going around. So you're saying three different people win at least a million? Yep. Okay, I'm in. Underdogfantasy.com. Best ball drafts specifically for NFL are the greatest things ever Uh, because the draft is fun and then you don't have to do shit for the rest of the season, which is oftentimes what we're looking to do around here. Golden State, Memphis. Clay Thompson's probable. Andre Iguodala's is out. Just throwing those out there. Uh, we should be fine. Not much to worry about. Help. I, I know you hadn't paid attention to much, but did you see what Jordan Poole did last game?
1: No.
0: Okay. So Jordan Poole came off the bench, right? Guy plays 37 minutes, drops 31, eight and nine with two blocks. 31, eight and nine. 12-for-20 shooting, 5-for-10 from deep. They they won by one point. Jordan Poole was a difference maker in this game. He's 6,900 now, so you best believe – I'm going to ask you first about Jordan Poole, even with Steph Curry back in the starting lineup. Uh, What do you think of that price point?
1: I mean, I think it's certainly still playable. Like, he's still going to get a lot of minutes. Um, You you have to – you know, the the concern is that – he, he could lose usage here and there, but you know, 37 and a half minutes last game still had a 29 and a half percent usage rate actually led the team by a wide margin. Steph was at 22 and a half. Clay was at 24 and a half. Uh, Draymond in his 17 minutes was somehow at 23%. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think one way or the other pool is in the closing lineup. Like I don't expect Gary Payton to be in the closing lineup, assuming that Draymond doesn't get ejected again. So I still think that 6,900 for pool looks pretty good uh, starting coming off the bench. I don't think it really matters.
0: <laughs> Hank says, "Awesomeo has completely fallen off. They used to average 1k live viewers. Now only 400. What happened to Awesomeo? We never did 1k on the Strategy Show. That would be ridiculous to do 1k live. Uh, almost 500 for a playoffs for playoffs on a Tuesday morning. I, I don't know." find somewhere else that's doing that for the if you're, you're he's thinking probably deeper dive live before a lot i mean right. we're pulling over 2k in the playoffs for that north of 3500 in the regular season live concurrent real flesh and blood viewers adam
1: yeah i also i don't remember ever doing that on on morning shows that would be weird no. definitely definitely not only two game basketball slate.
0: no in the regular season we'll pull like 600s or so you know early in the season probably up to seven eight hundred but that's when people are real stoked and Yeah, it's just, it's the way it goes, but
1: nah. Somebody said, did you meet Gronk? Uh, No, but I will say, and, and this won't be a surprise to anybody. Like normally when you're at events and there's, you know, like some celebrity hosting, they like show up for an hour and then they dip out, they get their money, they leave. That dude was on the stage, just wobbling around dancing for like the entire day. Like, I feel like Gronk just gets to be himself. Like he probably would have been there anyway if he wasn't promoting it, but he just gets paid to be himself for like the entire day and just like loves that shit.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. Do you think he'd be fun to hang out with though? Honestly.
1: Um, I mean, Is he too I, bro-y? Right. That's the thing. Like, I, I'm sure it would be a good time, but it would also be like a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. It'd be. I think it would be a decent amount, but. Uh, anyway, hit that thumbs up if you want to help us not fall off as Hank says, we need to, we need to stay on the up and, uh, in order to do so subscribe, hit that thumbs up, join the channel, whatever you got to do. We're begging you, please. All right. Uh, I'm just kidding, but it would help for sure. Steph Curry, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have John Morant, Jason Tatum, Steph Curry now starting playing big minutes again. Is he still like a distant fourth among those guys?
1: Among Tatum, Giannis, Morant.
0: Yeah. And and Kurt. Like, of of Um, the four, yeah.
1: I don't know if I would say distant, but. Is he
0: still fourth?
1: Right. Yeah. I I still think he's fourth, even at the cheaper price tag. Uh, Just because with Steph, it's just. It's always, and you see this during the regular season as well, he doesn't rebound at the same rate as somebody, obviously, like Giannis or even like Tatum. Um, He doesn't get assists at quite the same rate as somebody like Morant or like Giannis. Um, And even his usage rate's a little bit lower. Like, you can expect a higher usage rate from all of Giannis, Tatum, and Morant. So Steph certainly still has a really high ceiling because he's Steph Curry, and he can just go drop 10 three-pointers kind of at will. Um, and you know, that that's always in his range of outcomes. But from a projection standpoint and a, you know, like what can you rely on him to do? He just isn't quite the same fantasy option as uh those other guys. So I do think that he's still a little bit behind them, but he is also a little bit cheaper as well.
0: Marv Perry asked a great question. Now I'm going to to phrase this differently because I'm a professional. Did you make any connections with females while you were out in old Sin City? Uh, Yeah. Unpaid connections. Actually, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Tell us all. I'm sure everyone would love to hear it.
1: What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, man.
0: I don't want to hear this. Norm MacDonald has the greatest joke on that ever, where he's basically like, it just means that the hooker is not going to go home and tell your wife. Right. (laughs) It it doesn't actually... (laughs) I, I'm doing it. I'm not doing it justice. And I can't remember exactly how he said it. But it's a, it's such a, it's such a good joke. Because of course, nothing stays in Vegas. You know, right? He's like, he's like, the, the they're not like those small town whores that go into, <laughs> it makes perfect sense what he's saying. Point is, point is, did you did you get numbers? Like, how far did this progress?
1: Uh, numbers yeah i mean
0: phone number or or hotel room number uh phone okay okay
1: and would have probably gone better had i made it out after the pool party on saturday
0: yeah probably all right i'm gonna dig a little bit deeper after the show what else do you want to talk about with the warriors
1: somebody said the stds come home with you um yeah yeah uh Yeah, so, I mean, for the rest of Golden State, like, Draymond, obviously, you're expecting more than 17 minutes. I think 6,500 looks like a good price tag for him. Should get 34 to 36 uh, minutes, you know, around the fantasy point per minute guy. Thompson, you kind of never know what you're going to get. He's another one, I mean, even to a a much greater extent than Curry, where um, he's very scoring dependent. You're still going to have those games where he shoots the lights out. But um, 7K is, is pretty tough, so... I think more of a secondary option. Same goes for Wiggins at 5,700. Payton at 3,500 I think is interesting. Started last game, played 23 minutes. Typically he's around the fantasy point per minute guy. Uh, He did pretty much the same thing in in game one. I think that he's probably gonna be really popular assuming he starts again. Uh, He's cheap. You're not gonna have much value here, but uh, certainly would get to him before I get to somebody like Connaughton.
0: Man, chat wants more details. what i said i'm good okay all right don't get all defensive man just <laughs> ha- asking questions
1: no i wasn't defensive honestly. i know, i know, i'm joking
0: all right so john ja Morant, on the other side of this one. Oh, was there anything else i had to plug jordan what did i have something else i swear i did I, 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 oh, we things, have a, uh, we have a seven days for seven dollars promo oh shit you're right It is not. Let me refresh to make sure I'm not wrong here because I do not see it on Luca. It's in the show channel. It's not on my, it's not on my, it's not on my sheet. You see it on mine. I don't, that's a sick deal though. I see. I, I, if I knew that I would have done it earlier when I, you know what? I'll I'll wait till it's on. I'm not even going to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it on the deeper dive tonight. I do not see it anywhere. So I don't even know if it's active yet. Anyway, let's talk about John Morant and the fact that this guy is absurdly good. And yo, his peripherals, man, his peripherals are out of control right now. And this is something you made a great point to me the other day uh, when it's something you and I have discussed forever. Like, Hey, maybe they have a bad day scoring But if they give you 20 combined points and assists, you're still putting yourself in a really good spot with a high floor. Listen to his points, uh, points, or sorry, rebound and assist total since game two against Minnesota. 19, 20, 23, 22, 19, and 19. It's insane.
1: Yeah, uh, overall in the postseason now, so seven total games. Only a 29.4% usage rate. I say only because that's down a, a little bit for him. But a 44.5% assist percentage, in addition to a 12.7% rebounding percentage, he's averaging 23.3 points per game, but 8.7 rebounds, 10.4 assists, nearly two steals, 37 minutes. I mean, he's been fantastic. And in any of those games where he does happen to shoot well, happen to score a lot of points, he's just going to put up ridiculous fantasy numbers.
0: No question. At this rate, I mean, you just, I'm looking at John Morant, obviously not as Giannis, but that $10,000 price point is more than warranted. You know, he's going to play big minutes, 38 minutes last game, game four or game five against Minnesota. He played 45 minutes. He's basically a floor of probably 36, 37 now, which for Taylor Jenkins is, is, is a lot. Uh, I I don't know. I just want to keep getting back to John Morant as long as he continues to, to put up these ridiculously egregious numbers in every category. But how do you want to approach Dylan Brooks? Brandon Clark played another 30-plus minutes last game. And then Desmond Bain seems to be a legitimate questionable here. So here you have a yet another team. And then Jaron Jackson, where if he's not in foul trouble, he's playing big minutes. He's coming off a 33-actual-point game against the Warriors.
1: Yeah, a ridiculously good game last time out. It's it's just a matter of foul trouble mostly. Um but the one thing I will say about Jackson that I think is a really big positive is that at least not in foul trouble, he did play 31 minutes. Um you would still like that to be a bit more. But we had seen times and he did lose about a minute and a half at the end of the first half to fouls, but at least, you know, he got north of 30 minutes. There were times this year where like even when Jackson wasn't in foul trouble, he was still at like 26, 27 minutes. So at least he played a little bit more. At 6,100, I think he's still really risky um, because for one, you have the foul risk. And then for two, it's like how many actual minutes, you know, is he going to end up playing? But there's clearly clearly still a really high ceiling on him. Dylan Brooks, I think, is still pretty inexpensive at 5,500. He's likely to give you low to mid 30s. Uh, The issue with Brooks is that he's not a... Consistent scorer at all. He's not going to do a lot in the way of rebounding. He's not going to do a lot of the way in the uh, of assists, but he still gives you that ceiling because he doesn't realize that he's not that good of a scorer and he's going to just go shoot anyway. Um, granted, last game he was only at seventeen and a half percent, but typically you do see a pretty solid usage rate for him. So I still think you know probably a little bit underpriced, but not the kind of guy that I typically like playing a lot of if he's popular. I prefer playing guys like Dylan Brooks when they're not popular. Um Clark at, 6K, Bain at six K, Bane at sixty seven hundred if he's good to go. I think both of those price tags look pretty decent as well. Um another 30 minutes for Clark. He's over a fantasy point per minute guy. Bain 32 and a half minutes last game. Really disappointing game from a fantasy standpoint, but uh typically around a point nine fantasy point per minute guy. So I think Morant stands out. Um and then you know Bane, Clark, Brooks, Jackson are all fine. The one other piece that I think deserves a mention uh, based on last game, because we hadn't seen this. Melton. Yeah, we hadn't seen this in the previous series, but the Anthony Melton playing 24 minutes last game, 25 minutes last game. Tyus Jones only
0: played 12 minutes.
1: Right, Tyus Jones basically just backed up John Morant. He played a couple of minutes alongside him, but in the previous series, you had seen Jones minutes kind of ramping up a little bit. He was playing more minutes alongside him. You also didn't have Zaire Williams in the rotation, which is huge uh, because in the last series, you were getting like 12 to 14 minutes from Williams. If you're essentially going to just take those minutes, give them to the Anthony Melton, and then maybe even take a couple of Tyus Jones minutes and give them to the Anthony Melton. You're talking about a really, really high upside option. That is only $3,900.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, there's always the, the, you know, listen, was Melton legitimately out of the rotation at one point in that last series? Yeah, but it doesn't really, it, from series to series, so many things can change. So if his ownership is actually at as we have him at 6% right now, like if that actually holds up, even if he's at 10 12% on a two game slate, Dan Melton is a guy that's north of a fantasy point per minute on the year. Like, he's actually a decent fantasy contributor, so...
1: Yeah, and, like, with guys like Melton, you can... So, uh, t- typically, you're gonna see their production come down a little bit in the postseason. Their per minute production. Right, I'm not expecting play-
0: last game's production today. Well, right,
1: but. right. But I'm saying even like during the you know compared to the regular season because you're playing more minutes alongside John Morant. You're, right. You know you have those guys on the floor more. But at 3,900 and and with Melton being as good a point per minute guy as he is. The only real question to me is, does he get those minutes again? Because if you tell me the Anthony Melton plays 22 to 24 minutes, I'll certainly just take my chances on how he produces. It's more a matter of like, it wouldn't be shocking if in this game, they're just like, oh yeah, look, Zaire Williams is back and Tyus Jones is playing 20 and the Anthony Melton's back in the doghouse because we've seen a million games this year where we think the Anthony Melton's going to get more minutes and Taylor Jenkins is just like, no, I hate this dude. Uh, He's not playing. So, um, I think that's where the risk comes in with Melton in that is that, you know, his minutes certainly could disappear again, but based on the rotation of the last game, I, I do like Melton as a value option here and I'll take some, I'll take my chances.
0: Yeah. And I guess the biggest thing too, is there is a realistic possibility that he plays as many minutes as Gary Payton or or as Pat Connaughton today, or as Otto Porter Jr. And all of those guys are getting way more ownership than he is like not right. even close. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't because Melton's minutes are definitely more in question than those guys, but pa- Pat Connaughton can play 25 minutes and still have 14 fantasy points.
1: Right. And I've, I've mentioned it a lot. Like my favorite guys, especially if they're not getting a ton of ownership, my favorite guys to kind of roll the dice on are guys like Melton where I'm not positive how many minutes they're going to play. Um, you could tell me he plays 14, and I'll be like, yeah, that's annoying, but that was completely reasonable. You could tell me he plays 26, and it's like, okay, cool, they ran the same rotation as last game. But at least with somebody like Melton, you typically know what you're getting. You know you're getting production when he's on the floor. So it's just a matter of finding those minutes. Guys like Pat Connaughton, and I'm not saying Connaughton is not a good value on the slate or anything like that. You know, you have to take what you're given. But guys like Pat Connaughton, yeah, their minutes are more – more stable. You know, it would be very surprising if Connaughton only played 16 minutes. It wouldn't be surprising at all if he played 26. So um, on average, you can certainly expect him to play more than Melton. But with Connaughton, you also then have to say like, okay, well, I also need Connaughton to play well, you know, play above his averages. Whereas if Melton just goes out there and does his thing, as long as he gets the minutes, he's pretty easy, easy to rely on as far as production goes.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, We're up against it. You got the MLB strategy show coming up next. Who's on that? Uh, Greg and Neil, I believe. Yeah, good pairing there. Greg and Neil Orfield. PGA strategy show at one with Ben Rasa and Eric Lindquist. MLB Live Before Lock, 345 to 5 with Neil and Terry. 5 o'clock NBA Deeper Dive. Adam and myself will be back with you. And then wrapping it all up, it's the Live Before Lock show. NBA version with Greg and Eric. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always follow Adam, ship my money DFS me at Lafay underscore D shout out to Jordan Klein for producing this one. And uh, Hey, we'll see you guys back here a little bit later on the deeper dive. Peace.